0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Making Ways, the podcast all about finding your unexpected path to a creative career. I'm your host, Rob Goodman. I'm a marketer and an artist and storyteller, and today's show is a special one. It is a theme show, a focus show, a great way for new listeners to dive into the podcast as well, and it's all about risk. So today's show is going to feature some of the amazing guests that we've had in the rearview mirror of Making Ways. If you can believe it, we've had about 70 episodes of the show. It's amazing to think about all of the people that I've been able to sit down with and get to know and share their stories with you. So I thought today I would just pull out a few of those key lessons and insights and takeaways that I found so powerful to think about when thinking about risk. So on today's show, you're going to hear from Jesse Janae, the co-founder and CEO of Lumi. You'll hear from Andy Whalen, who is a career coach and doing amazing things to help people in their careers and their lives. You'll hear from Giselle Galzen, who is the owner and merchandiser and, uh, main person behind Rare Device, this amazing store, set of stores here in San Francisco. You'll hear from Mick Gaspé, who is a creative director and an artist, and Wendy Chen, one of our favorite guests, who is a rope and fiber artist who has had an amazing career working at Apple and running an amazing record store and has switched things up and figured out a great code for giving yourself permission to take risks and make big changes. Taking risk is such an important part of living, of making a creative career successful. I recently took a big risk and I actually joined a company in a full-time capacity uh, working with Envision, which is this amazing company that creates design tools for designers. They have a design education organization within the company where they produce, well, see, now I have to get used to saying where we produce books and podcasts and articles and amazing materials to help designers be better in their careers, be better for their teams, be better leaders. And it was an opportunity to bring the things that I love doing around content strategy and producing great content and taking all my skills around marketing as well and bring that in-house with a company. And it's been an amazing learning experience. I've been loving it. Still have a lot of freedom and flexibility because the company is 100% remote to leave time for my art, which is something that I wanna take more creative risks around, putting more artwork out into the world that maybe isn't perfect, that is not totally buttoned up, but sharing a little bit more of my art-making process and my illustration so hopefully that's something you'll see more from me coming soon. And uh, yeah, it leaves me time to, to work on this show and help share amazing stories of career transformation with you all. So thank you all for listening. I'm so excited to get started. Let's dive into our first clip here from Jesse Janae. This one was recorded live at Invisible Talks, and I hope you like it.
1: Something that I come back to is I think of risk as a muscle, and I don't know why we all don't treat it that way. Meaning, like, exercise early and often, or don't expect to have much of a risk tolerance at all. Um, and so, like, you, if you, if you wouldn't expect, like, we talk about risk in a way that doesn't make sense if you think of it as, like, a muscle, where it's like, would you expect that you cannot work out for 10 years, and then you're like, but then, I'm going to do the most epic workout of my life. <laughs> and, and everything's going to be great. Yeah. Like, no. But that's how we talk about risk. We go, like, I'm I'm building up for it. I'm building up for the risk because I'm like, you know, whatever we all think. I'm putting money away. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And then I'm going to do the risk. Like, the risk is out there. I will do it <laughs> then. Uh, and then, like, then, you know, the glory shall be mine or whatever. Um, so... We think of it that way, and, and, and sometimes preparation is important. I'm not, not advocating for preparation. But I guess what I'm getting at is like, it's a fallacy to think that you cannot be taking risks during that period, and then, boom, biggest risk of your life, and it's gonna go great. No, you gotta, big take in micro risks, and you gotta like, front load the risk. It's so much easier to front load. Again, that, that, that exercise analogy I think is important.
0: That was Jesse. It was so awesome meeting Jesse and having her on the show. She's an amazing leader, and I hope that you listen to that whole episode and let me know what you think. Next, we have Andy Whalen, who I originally met when he was working at General Assembly as a career coach. I've since gone on to work with General Assembly. I teach content strategy there, and I actually teach podcasting there. Andy has moved on, but he's still working with people and helping them in their lives, and their careers. He's had an amazing career. He started off in comedy and acting, and he talks about fear and overcoming fear and that obstacle of fear being so critical in making risk possible and taking risks. So I hope you enjoy this clip of my conversation with Andy Whalen.
2: The biggest roadblock is fear. Your brain can talk you out of anything. You may have the greatest idea and three minutes later, you've got 40 ideas why it's not the greatest idea. So part of it is facing your fear and taking a risk. I've spent a great portion of my life trying to make changes to the things I don't like about how I work, how I work with people, uh, how I walk through the world, essentially. And so fear is probably the biggest roadblock. Uh, And part of that is tradition. I work with so many people who started down a path because it was what their parents told them they have to do or because they were too afraid to stand up and say, but I kind of want to do this and try this. And so that turns into years of, well, I've already started to do this. I can't just give that up now. Uh, So learning how to shut that brain off And follow your heart a bit more is part of it. And then it's old fashioned hard work. You have to do it. There's no secret to getting that career. There's no magic to it other than hard work and also getting your stuff in front of people. So it's that balanced approach that I find to be the easiest antidote to fear because you have to do the work in order to find that balanced approach And somewhere along the lines, I see a shift in the people I work with, where they all of a sudden start to believe they actually know what they're doing. And they do. You know, I see it from the outside. I see it very early on in the course, because they create great work, and they start to learn the language of whatever they're studying. It's just hard to believe it because no one's actually paid you for it yet. Or no one has said or introduced you as here is so and so. And I love that as an exercise. I always tell people, Go out with your friends and see how they introduce you because it'll give you really good insight into where you really are right now in your career. <laughs> That's you such know? great advice. It's hilarious because if you, well, people will start paying attention and then they come back into class and they're like, my friends introduced me and I didn't like it. And I'm like, well, you get to change that. But it's true. You, know, you have to do that.
0: Hey, everyone. I want to tell you about our sponsor, Sooth. Soothe is an amazing on-demand massage service. So if you're at home, on the go, at a hotel, or even at work, you can use their app to call for a masseuse. And they'll come within 24 hours or you can schedule it in advance. If you use the offer code MAKINGWAYS at checkout, you'll get $20 off your first booking with Soothe. I have used Soothe. And massage and self-care is so important to the creative process. As creative people, we have to take care of ourselves. Otherwise, we'll burn out, we won't have the energy to approach and tackle these creative challenges and jobs and projects and programs that we're working on day in and day out. So, Soothe really makes massage and self-care more accessible. That's why I'm so excited about them. My experience getting a massage with Soothe was awesome. It was amazing. It was kind of everything you'd expect from going to a masseuse at their own place or spa, but in your home. They bring everything you need to have a wonderful experience and feel amazing. So check out Soothe. Go to Soothe.com, download the app, use the offer code MakingWays at Checkout, and you'll get $20 off your first booking. All right, let's get back to the show. Next up, we have Giselle Galzin from Rare Device, and Giselle is an incredible person, incredible creative person, incredible business person, and she took a risk around starting her business on maternity leave for her first child. So we talk about that risk-taking and uh, what it took for her to, to make it happen. I hope you enjoy it.
3: During my maternity leave, I was working for a design company in Berkeley. I was living here in San Francisco, so I was doing that commute. Mm-hmm. And then I went on my maternity leave, and at, at this point in my life, I've told everybody that I know I want to open a store, I want to open a store, I want to open a store. Like, kind of putting it out there.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, Because I, I believe in that and, like, vocalizing things. Yeah. To kind of make them real mm-hmm. and something will happen. Yeah. Um, so... Um. During my maternity leave, my friend Lisa Congdon, who used to own Rare Advice, yeah, came over to visit to meet the baby. Um, and so in that visit, that conversation, she was just like, Oh, Rena, Rena Tom, who her partner, business partner at that time. Yeah. Rena and I are thinking of closing or selling rare device. Um, so yeah, Lisa's career was taking off. I think Rena was ready to she's she's been doing it for a bunch of years and mm-hmm. was ready to move on. Yeah. like so she just brought that out there. Um, we didn't talk about any of that stuff and, you know, whatever. And then I had just thought about it and thought about it. And Oh, my first reaction when Lisa told me that was like, you can't do that. You can't do that. San Francisco needs Rare Device. Rare yeah. Device was my favorite store
2: yeah. at
3: that time. Um, they were on Market Street and I would go out of my way to visit mm. and to see and bring people there and bring friends from out of town and sure. introduce them to the store. Yeah. All the time. Um so I think about I thought about it, and thought about it and then I you know I thought, told my husband about this. Um, I had always planned to come back to my job because we needed we needed to work, um, to support the family. Yeah. So um around the same time, still during my maternity leave, I visited another acquaintance who owned another store in the city, and she has a kid. So uh, we just talked about, like, how do you make this work with a child? Mm. So she talked to me about that, and those two conversations with Lisa and that other friend, and then talking about with my husband more, I was just like, you know what? Maybe this is it. (laughs) And also, I feel like if we don't take this, I'm going to wake up in 10 years and regret it, and really just be like, why did I let that go? Why didn't I try, at least? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I called Lisa, and I'm like, hey, remember that thing you said about Rare Device? Um, we're kind of interested. And she's like, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> so we met, I don't know, like a week later with the baby at Four Barrel in Valencia. Awesome. <laughs> and we had a conversation. And, yeah, the rest is history.
0: Wow. <laughs> and what What did that moment and the years that have passed since taught you about risk and risk taking. I mean, obviously you're a a thoughtful business minded person. So I'm sure you made, you know, calculated risks, but it was still a pretty big leap. Yeah. What advice do you give people around kind of the power of risk and when to leap and when to back away?
3: (laughs) Yeah. So for this particular decision, I it was a lot of just, again, like the feeling of like, if I don't even try, if I don't try this right now, I will regret it yeah. and I will kick myself.
0: You saw, you saw basically how easy it would be to maybe go back to the job you were in and just kind of let this slide and, and yeah, years because slide Yeah, I had a it. job.
3: I was getting paid well. Yeah. Um, My career, I've been doing that for years. So like my career trajectory was going up. Yeah. Like I could have done that. But I was always missing the creative side in my jobs. Um, I really wanted something more creative to do. Um, yeah, so we there was a big feeling of that, of just like, if I don't do this now, I'm going to regret it. And then at the same time, I mean, we are practical people. We looked at our savings and was like, okay, I I have been a saver since my mom and my dad instilled that in me since I was a kid. Mm. So I... Always have saved money from yeah. when I had my first job at seventeen. Like wow. I've been saving, because um, you know I wasn't also I didn't grow up with money. Um, we were just middle class, like lower middle class people. Yeah, and I also immigrated. Um, right, that's another story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah. So we looked at it. My husband also had a good job at that time, and we had both been saving. So we're like, okay, this is what we have. Let's see if it's enough, and if it's not enough. We'll see what the other risks are. And if it doesn't make sense monetarily, we're not going to do it.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, we just had a baby, you know? Like, yeah. we're not that crazy. <laughs> right. But it worked out. And I, it was a calculated risk. Like, we, we didn't just jump in and be like, fuck it. I don't know what to do about money. We're just going to sell the house and, like, <laughs> go into debt.
0: Right. We'll do anything I, for this. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It was important to me to not go into debt because I know that once you're in debt, it's hard to get out of it. And what if the business doesn't do well like, right then I just i I've always had an a uh, like a nest egg like I yeah. said I've been saving, so that it wasn't comfortable for me to not have anything
0: yeah, so do you would you advise people the same, kind of make sure you have a really strong plan, a safety yeah. net if that's what you need and
3: yeah, a strong plan I mean I'm not saying that loans are bad mm-hmm. it was just not for me, yeah, um make sure you take Classes. There's a lot of um, not profit um, resources in San Francisco. At least yeah. know what you're getting yourself into. Right. And my my husband was keeping his job, so that mm-hmm. was also our um our uh, stability. Backup. Stability. Yeah. yeah. He did. He... he did get laid off though. Oh, wow. A few wow. months later. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes.
0: And did that throw oh, everything God. into it was, turmoil? Yes. Everything I... was on on you and making this store work.
3: Yeah. So, okay, this is all what happened yeah. around that time. Um, had a baby, bought rare device. My dad passed away um, a few Sorry. months after. He had cancer, and okay. we kind of knew what was happening. but And he was in the Philippines, and I was here. So okay. it was hard. And then we got through that, and then a few months later, my husband lost his job. It was wow. a hard time. Oh my! I gosh. think it was one of the times in my life where I'm just like, what are we doing? are we going to be okay? Yeah. Like what is happening? What, we had put all of our savings into the business and then he lost his job. It was hard.
0: What kind of got you through that time?
3: Um, when he, he was laid off, he got pretty good severance because he was working there for a long time. So that
0: was he in design or creative? No,
3: he's in insurance. He's in insurance. corporate insurance. Okay. Okay. Um, but he's also made a career in that. So he's had longevity. Yeah. Um, so that was Okay. And around the same time, we were already knowing we were moving the store from Market Street to Divisadero. So actually, I look at it now, seven years later, it's a blessing in disguise because he was able to help me with the the business and, Mm. like, help me move the store. Like, with a baby and such a new business owner, it would have been hard. Yeah. Just by myself. Yeah. Um, But monetarily, I think we just, like, buckled down and just, like, can't spend money. We're just going to be really watchful. Yeah. Um, we're going to try and sell more things. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and we have to move. Um, when Lisa and Rina sold me the business, one of the things they said is like, if we kept this, we would move. Yeah. Um, so I knew that. They were very upfront. And th- that was another price. Yeah.
0: So it turned out to be a blessing that he was there to, to help you and establish the store yes. uh, presence in, in yeah. Visadero. And get things moving.
3: Yeah, he did all the manual work.
0: Next up, we have Mick Gaspé. Mick is an incredible artist. He's an amazing creative director. He talks a lot in his episode about going independent, what that means, how to stay independent, and the ups and downs of that journey. And I'm excited for you to hear Mick talk about the power of seeing someone out there in the world doing it and following that lead to go independent on your own.
4: After I quit my full time job, it was that was like essentially when the city imploded in uh, jobs. Like that was like post boom, mm-hmm. the first dot com boom. So that was what like early two thousand one, two thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, so you, you you quit your job and then you- quit my job, and then I thought, you know, there's so many jobs in the city. I'm <laughs> right. Like whatever, I'll run this like gallery. Yeah, and then. just dried up. And literally all my friends left the city at that time. And so I was working multiple jobs just to kind of like hang around. And, and I knew I didn't really want a a full-time job, Uh, not yet, you know, Yeah, Um, until I started getting desperate.
0: (laughs) Did you, do you think you would have made that decision to kind of go out on a limb and work in this gallery and just figure you'll get some jobs if you knew the impending kind of Economic crisis that was going to come.
4: No, probably I <laughs> probably would have chickened out. Um, yeah, no, I had one. I mean, it sounds a little cheesy. I, I saw this uh, show built to spill at Slim's, and these guys were hanging out at the bar right before the they went up for their set. And I remember just kind of chatting one of them up, like, and getting really like stoked in the fact that someone can make a living or at least survive uh, doing the thing they want to do. And so when I went back to work the following Monday, I remember I made the decision to leave the toy company and just be bold. What did they say to you? Or was it less about the words they
0: used and just more about seeing them kind of just doing it and living life as a band and, and being creative for a living?
4: Yeah, definitely the latter. Like It wasn't a specific thing they said. It was more like, Witnessing the life they were living. Yeah. You know, They've been, you know, they're still playing music to this day. At that point, they had been playing music for a while and um, it was really inspiring. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, why couldn't I do the thing that I wanted to do? Yeah. Like, I didn't really have like a concrete idea what it was that I wanted to do. I just knew I didn't want to work at that company anymore.
0: Next, we're going to wrap things up with Wendy Chen. Wendy's episode is incredible. It's one of my favorites. I love all of these episodes that we've talked about today in these conversations, but I recommend that you go back, you check out each one of them, and listen to Wendy's as well. She's taken some big risks in her career, and I've learned a lot from her, and I think everyone can as well. So let's round out this episode all about risk with Wendy Chen.
5: It took me a while to realize it, but after eight years at Apple, I realized that I could summarize my time there at Apple and my time at the record store, um, Under the theme of I had been supporting other artists work for so many years for basically my two other careers, supporting the work of musicians, photographers and artists at the record store, Um, and then supporting the work of also musicians and artists and media makers and game developers and app designers, supporting other people's work for so long, very happily doing it. There's a part of me that is a natural curator and I'm always seeking what's new and interesting and I will never not be hungry for that new stuff. But I realized that I had neglected my own creativity. And by the time I hit my late 40s, I realized it wasn't enough. And I was just feeling this growing desire to make my own stuff. And that's really what it was. It took me a while to be able to articulate that. I didn't know why I left when I left. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just real, I knew that I wanted to move away from the screen and to start making something, but I didn't know what those things would be. I didn't know what form it would take
0: and you talked about this idea of giving yourself permission. And I've seen you talk about this and write about it. What does that mean for you? And, you know, I know you can't kind of hand someone else confidence or hand someone else, you know, the keys to understanding this, but how do you explain this notion of, you know, whoever you are giving yourself permission and, and accepting that you can be that title you can be that career you can be that maker and you alone as an individual can unlock that door
5: you know we're taught that if you do x a b and c in your life then you're going to be successful and i say that with quotes not knowing what that means because it's different for everyone but your the way your parents and society teaches you is that you just do a b and c and you're going to be fine no one's ever going to give you permission to quit your job. Like no one's going to invite you. Your employer isn't going to invite you to quit your job. Your parents aren't going to be like, why don't you just stop with that paycheck thing (laughs) and do something else? So if you're, you know, if we're all brought up to need permission to do things, then you just have to be comfortable with giving it to yourself. And by the time you become a fully functioning adult, You know, it's an adult telling you you're allowed to do it. It's telling the little scared little kid inside of you that you're allowed to do it. You're an adult and we're capable of making sensible, practical, smart decisions.
0: Yeah. Damn it. I like that. I like that idea. You're the adult now. You just need to talk to your inner child who's kind of uh,
5: scared, scared, scared. I mean, I think that that's a huge part of it. People are fearful to make changes in their lives because what if it doesn't go well? You're so worried. What if this happens? What if the worst thing happens? What if the worst case scenario thing happens? And so my advice is to imagine worrying about things is failing in advance and you don't want to fail in advance. That's crazy, right? What you should do is succeed in advance. You should picture yourself succeeding and doing a really good job and then do that. Once you have the picture of it in your mind, just do that.
0: Thank you all so much for listening. It is so much fun getting to speak to you all i love hearing from you on social media i love getting your messages and your emails keep reaching out if you have suggestions for folks that we should cover on the show reach out to me at rob at making you can go to makingwayspodcast.com and check out all the illustrations i do for the show sign up for our newsletter and so much more we now have merchandise, Making Ways merchandise, notebooks and pins that you can get on our Etsy shop. If you haven't yet, be shorter to review Making Ways on Apple Podcasts. A five-star review would be amazing. Even better if you want to pass this podcast along to a few friends. Making Ways intro music is by The Sandworms, and we've got some music by Jim Heffernan in the mix as well. Making Ways is engineered by Jim Metzendorf. And it's produced by me, Rob Goodman, your host. And thank you all so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from InvestGo QQQ.